ZZ Machine and the Big Red Top, or is it the other way around? All on tonight's Rocks and Dirt. Welcome to Rocks and Dirt. I'm Mike Harper. This is a Tuxedo Cats production, by the way. I'm joined by my good friend and color commentator, Steve. Hey, guys. Guess what? I just got paid. Got me a pocket full of change. <laughs> Todd, yeah. our founder and producer, is here as well. Hey, good evening, Todd. Hey, everybody. Hey, we're talking about the ZZ Top tonight. We're going to also venture into the Big Red Machine when we get into the sports section of it. But my goodness, ZZ Top, everybody's favorite little old band from Texas. Started in 1969 with Billy Gibbons, Dusty Hill, and Frank Beard. Same guys. Has not changed. Steve, I looked at the at their history, and they actually had some former members, guys that used to be in the band. Yeah, they were they were they were called the Moving Sidewalks. For actually, it was Billy Gibbons' band, uh, the Moving Sidewalks, a psychedelic rock band out of Houston, and they opened for Jimi Hendrix. I don't know if you know that Billy Gibbons. I There's did pictures not know of Billy that. Gibbons. Hanging out with uh, Jimi Hendrix, and a teenage Billy Gibbons, hanging out with Jimi Hendrix. If I'm reading this right, those guys that were in the Moving Sidewalks actually morphed into the ZZ Top because they're listed as former members of ZZ Top. Yeah. Uh, Lanier Grieg, Dan Mitchell, and Billy Etheridge. I think I went to school with one of those guys. Not really. That's what happens around East Texas. Everybody knows somebody who knew somebody who saw ZZ Top record in Tyler, I think Texas. when Dusty Hill joined... On bass, and they already uh, Billy and Frank had already been playing together, I believe. And Frank knew Dusty from other bands, and I believe that's when they changed the name in 1969 to ZZ Top. And you listen to Moving Sidewalks, and it's 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 kind of you know psychedelic garage rock, yeah, with an organ and everything. And uh, Billy sang and played guitar just like in, in uh, ZZ Top, but uh, except when they did a blues. I, I saw some stuff on YouTube today. There's a blues song called Joe's Blues, and it's Billy Gibbons doing his blues thing and singing like he would sing in ZZ Top. So you go, oh, that's the that's the guy. So all three of these guys were all in 1969. So that tells me maybe there was just a bit of a transition, a little yeah. bit of a, a crossover. But all the same, uh, we're talking about 50-plus years of ZZ Top. Now, uh, in that time, 15 studio albums, like six of them were in the 70s, a few in the 80s, and a couple in the 90s. But uh, the, the bulk of their work is, is kind of the 70s and the 80s. Yes. Uh, an estimated 50 million albums worldwide. They've won three MTV mu- Music Awards. Uh, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004. And Rolling Stone magazine ranked Gibbons number 32 on its list of 100 greatest guitarists all time. Oh, come on, man. He got the top third. So, you know, he can't be. Let's go to the, the first 31. Yeah, let's see who they put before yeah, like we last I want to make our list. Yeah, just like we like to we'll do. We'll have our own list. They probably yeah. got Bob Dylan on there before. <laughs> Before Billy Gibbons. Oh, yeah, for influence, right? Because it's right, his influence. Right, because it's Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to look at that to see who uh, who beat Billy Gibbons. We just like his style, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. This is also subjective. Who are the Great feel, people? great tone. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, they, their their first big hit was, uh, top 10 album was Trace Hombres in 1973, and that's when I first noticed him. 
Uh, I was 15 years old, and Lagrange hit my radio, and I went, wow. "Man, that's different." It's so simple, yeah. and yet it's so profound. I taught a, a, a student today, uh, Lagrange, you know, and a 13-year-old student really may or may not have any interest. And yeah, the shuffle groove, yeah. Most important. Yeah, the beginning of it's just a little rim click. You just play on a little flam, kind of a a little. Hey, Steve, what were you saying about the vocal track on this? Our friend Robin Hood Brian, who re- recorded their first four albums right here in their hometown, Tyler, Texas, he had some stories. Uh, in this beginning, which I try to sing this whenever we uh, play it with the Tuxedo Cats, uh, it was kind of a goof, him, Billy Gibbons, singing the intro like that, an octave, whoa, like that. Like that. He wasn't, intending to, he wasn't in, intending to keep it. That was just a mic check. He was, it was just, a mic check, He was yeah. playing around with the and, mic. And uh, their producer, Bill Hamm, and manager said, well, we can't keep that. His, his rhythm's off. We, we can't. Yeah. And, got uh, a lot of nice guys. And he goes, have you heard Willie Nelson? Billy Gibbons <laughs> said, yeah, phrasing, yeah. Uh, Billy Gibbons said, well, let's, let's think about it. And he never heard about it again, but of course they used it. So that's the LaGrange we all know and love. And it's kind of hard to replicate off, being off time and like that. Well, Steve does a really good job of that song. Plays uh, just about every time the tuxedo cats fun. play, and uh, it sounds just like him. I do the do the part. <laughs> oh, that's the verse. <laughs> Rumors spreading around. I never knew what he said until <laughs> I had to learn how to sing, learn the lyrics for the to sing the song. So they got a lot of nice girls. Okay. They got a lot of nice girls. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> also on that album was Tush. And now we're in the mid seventies. And they uh, gained a lot of renown in North America for their live act. A little bit of uh, choreography that they pull off. They have a, a great rapport, uh, 76 and 77. And then uh, it, it just became a national commercial success. And then it was the 80s. They kind of transformed, and they really went into superstar. With the car and the girls and the videos. Yeah. They and great songs, too. Yeah, Legs, uh, Sharp Dressed Man. Yeah. Still very popular to this day. We should do this. Eliminator. <laughs> Actually, we yeah. do this. Scotty's, we, we have done Scotty this sings it. Have you ever tried to I sing it? Yeah. yeah, I've done this one. Mike has sung it. Uh, other ones that the Tuxedo Cats, I mean, you could, we could almost do a gig of all LaGrange, but just yeah. cheap uh, sunglasses. Of all uh, ZZ Top, that is. Uh, cheap sunglasses. Yeah, Fool for Your Stockings is one that, I, that I've enjoyed. I'm bad at nationwide. Uh, under Pressure. Uh, tube Snake Boogie. What else? Uh, there's a bunch of them. All of them. Yeah. All of them. That's what we like to do. Yeah, that one. We do that one. Just a classic three-piece band, right? Just a guitar, Great bass, and drums. Sound. That's where I started. Unique off sound. On. They were very unique. Yeah. They, they cover a lot of basses with just a, a vocalist and a guitar and a, a rhythm section. A blues rock band, but there's a certain groove and certain originality about them when you listen to other bands. Especially those first four albums. I keep going back to those that our friend Robin Hood Brian's recorded here in Tyler. There's something about those first four albums. Uh, they had a unique sound. I mean, amazing. Steve, oh. you should do this. <laughs> Hello, darling. Surprised. 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 <laughs> yes, yes, it's me again. <laughs> they always had a weird song on, on one of their albums, starting with in the mid-70s. They started putting like Manic Mechanic or this. The island of Chandelier. Hey, let's pick this one apart. Nah, maybe not. I used to do this Catchy one. song, though. Yeah. Uh, let's don't. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a change of he started using a cleaner guitar sound. Sounds like the police. I always thought it was kind of like police. Yeah, yeah, the guitar sound. Anyway. I never thought of it. Because the police were really high at this time. 
Oh, were they? Yeah. Well, Rush good. and my other favorite trio and ZZ Top both started doing kind of police sounding stuff around mm-hmm. this time. Uh, ZZ Top has achieved several chart and album sales feats, including six number one singles on the mainstream rock chart. ZZ Top has earned four gold, three platinum, two multi-platinum album certifications, and one diamond. Diamond, that's 10 million? I'm not. What does that even mean? I guess it means in sales. Diamond is the new, after platinum, they put that in the 80s, I think, the the record industry. It's to to denote uh, sales of 10 million plus. Is that right? 10 million. It's platinum is 1 million, gold is 500,000. Well, I was going to look it up, but, I, but Steve already knew. So. Not many albums are diamond. That's why they... Well, you know, he worked at uh, Hastings. Worked at Hastings. He came, that started whenever I was working there. I'd read Billboard every week. Oh, and I want to mention, there's a documentary on Netflix, uh, ZZ Top, that that little old band from Texas. It's fascinating. It's great. Our friend Robin right. Grimes is in it. And, uh, All right. Worth, worth yeah. checking out. Little old band from Texas. And there's still... Netflix. Uh, they're still cranking them out. Now, now they haven't made an album in a while, but they're, they're living off the off their hits. Yeah, they don't I just discovered to. Billy Gibbons uh, recorded a solo album about a year ago, a couple of years ago, and I got to check it out. It's just him, but with some other guys. Their last one was La Futura in uh, 2012. How do you say that, Steve? I think it's Deguayo. Yeah, that's the best one. I think it's Spanish for, for No Quarter, No Mercy. Maybe some, oh, okay. Maybe yeah. some of those tunes on there. El Loco, those are my two favorites in the 80s. And, and that's of course, when I discovered them pretty much. They were 10 years the old, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, they'd already been out for 10 years. That was right before Eliminator. Okay, Deguelo came out in 79, El Loco came out in 81. 81, and in about 85, 86, I was riding around listening to those all the time, and those become my favorite uh, tunes. You and learned a, lot, a bunch of them. Yeah, I learned a lot of them, and, and you know, sometimes we'll just dive in and play them. Uh, some of the older stuff, the, the older albums, a lot of cover bands play a lot of that stuff to oh, yeah. us, and, and uh, just got paid, and all, all those things, and, and uh, I, I never really knew those until, you know, we started doing some of, but yeah. And Fandango, that's a live album, right? It's half live. The first half is live from the warehouse in New Orleans, and the the second half is studio, and that was recorded at Robin Hood. Nineteen seventy five. Yeah. Right. And the studio one has Balinese and uh, Heard It on the X. That's what do we know about Heard It on the X? What is that? Uh, it's about the uh, uh, the pirate radio station over the border. I think it may have been the, the Wolfman Jack thing in Del Rio, Texas. They could play whatever they wanted. And that's where they first heard blues and country and gospel and all these other kinds of music when they were kids. When That's the songs. Do you remember back in 1966? Country, Jesus, Hillbilly Blues is where I got my fix. Learn my licks. Where these are. <laughs> yeah. 1966. It's a year. Yeah, that's right. He's singing so fast, it's kind of hard to. Do you remember back in 1966? Something like that. There's Easy Top. That's our featured artist this week on Rocks and Dirt. We will pause now for station identification. This is Rocks and Dirt. It's classic rock and sports, a Tuxedo Cats production. And tonight's sponsor is, ironically, the Tuxedo Cats. Oh, right. Wow. <laughs> That's right. The TuxedoCats.com for all your Tuxedo Cats needs. Yeah. Uh, our schedule is listed there. Our list of uh, gigs upcoming and also uh, some links to things like this podcast. Right. The podcast, uh, the shirts, as we always mention. Shirts. Uh, all those things. And um, and our, our, our uh, calendar, which we were going to help you with a little bit. We play every Thursday night. Just about. So far we have. We're, we've got some off weeks coming up, but we are scheduled every Thursday. At Crazy Cajun. And it is a great Cajun restaurant. I'd, I'd put it up against any Cajun restaurant in East Texas. We're real pleased with this place. It's very good. And we have a blast playing there. Atmosphere, the food, the, mm-hmm. the 
uh, accommodations, the it's hospitality. Indoors. That's nice in August. Yeah. That's a plus. Yeah. yeah, with air conditioning, and 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 it it looks like we're playing on the front porch of some Cajun's home. Yeah. In the middle of a swamp with the lights and the paint, the way the walls are painted and got uh, moss hanging everywhere. It's we, really very cool. We have we've to move around the moss when we sit up on stage. Yeah, right. it's it's a great setting. And we've it. never played Cajun per se, but but now we're kind of called upon to do that. And you're inspired to because you're in this Cajun place. Absolutely. And so we've been able to include uh, some Cajun-esque music. That's some Credence. That's close enough. Credence swamp that covers a lot of it. And then uh, some of the other ones that we've played. Uh, and, and so yeah, that, that's all every, every Thursday, and then um, just check our schedule uh, at thetuxedocats.com. Coming up pretty soon, we're going to do brisket love in Lindale on uh, August twenty second. We're going to do more store on August twenty nine. Got a special disco night coming up, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do. That uh, disco night is going to be a Thursday, so we that'll be we September seventeenth. That's something different too. At yeah. TXM Lindale, Texas Music City in Lindale, right? And then we're going to be at Republic Ice House. There's one here I'm really excited about. What what date is that that we're on no, the docks? The dock? October 24th. Okay, October 24th. I the trio it. will be on the do- at on the docks. It's out uh, 155 towards. Uh, Should be nice and cool. October. Right before you get to that Brookshire's out there on 344. Yeah. yeah. Near the fabulous villages. Yeah. So, <laughs> thetuxedocats.com and all things tuxedo cats. And welcome back to Rocks and Dirt, Mike, along with Steve and Todd and. The Big Red Machine is the nickname of the Cincinnati Reds baseball team that dominated the National League from 1970 to 1970, 1970 to 1979. Ten seasons, six division championships. Uh, three of those years, they came in second. So nine out of ten, they were either first or second. They had six division championships, uh, four National League championships, and two world championships. So they were always a dominant force. They won two World Series championships, but they were always in it. Nine out of those ten years. And they had a, a group of players, that, some of the names you'll recognize. Uh, we've already done a podcast on Pete Rose, uh, baseball's hit leader. Uh, and then they've got three, they had three guys that made it to the Hall of Fame, and Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan, and Tony Perez. They had what they called the Great Eight. It was those four uh, plus... Uh, some batting champions in there. Uh, there was Bench Rose, Morgan Perez, Concepcion, uh, David Concepcion, George Foster, Cesar Geronimo, and Ken Griffey J- Sr. Senior. Uh, who knew that Ken Griffey Jr. had a dad? Yeah, he was a great player. <laughs> With the same name. And, yeah, in the 70s for the Big Red Machine. Now, guys like Griffey Sr. and Cesar Geronimo, George Foster, they're almost overshadowed by some of these guys. On any other team, they would be superstars, but they were just kind of like run-of-the-mill or better-than-average players for the Reds. And what a great eight they were. Uh, In 1975 and 1976, when they won their World Series championships, those eight played together in 88 of those games and only lost 19. Uh, They had an average of winning 95 games a season. Now, in a season that normally has 162 games, Winning 95 games a season for 10 years is, is quite a feat. And did they, uh, in the 76 World Series, didn't they sweep the Yankees? That's pretty cool. Swept the Yankees, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was their last big hurrah, and then they, they contended in 77 and 78. And then they won a division again in uh, 79. And then uh, in 80, by the time Pete Rose had gone to the Phillies, he won a World Series with the Phillies in 1980. Now listen to this. They had one last gasp as a big red machine, 1981. Here's something that's never happened before and never happened since. 
They had the best record in baseball and didn't make the postseason. How'd that happen? You might say. The strike. 80, 1981. That was a strike year, right. wasn't it? Right. So I don't they, remember how they handled it. I just remember Well, they had two half the seasons, season. and they came in second both times. But their overall record was the best in baseball. They uh, came in second the first half and the second half. I think the Dodgers beat the Yankees that year. Yeah. Right? yeah. I remember that, but I don't remember how they handled the – because, you know, of course, in 1994, they – there was a strike in the middle of the season, and there was right. no World Series. They didn't continue. Yeah, they the just season. completely. But eighty one, I remember eighty one, but I don't remember how they handled that. That's well, yeah. they didn't have like a a playoff. They didn't have like a wild card team or anything like that. Only the guys who came in first in those their divisions went to the playoffs. The second place teams they didn't have the wild card, so they came in second twice. And how is that possible? <laughs> Get the oh wow! Because they they had good records both times. The team that had a good first half didn't have a good second half. And so he didn't wind up with as many wins as the Reds did wow. both times. They had two solid halves. That's weird. But they f- fell second place both times. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, a, it's an anomaly. It's, it's a freak is what it is. It's never happened before. It never happened since. Big Red Machine. Well, let's hope it doesn't happen again. No, that's, that's too strange. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was weird. Now, of course, the reason I go on about it is because I grew up with them. That was the team of my youth, and I was so used to having a good team. I bet you were angry that year. (laughs) I would have been. Well, you know, baseball is a funny thing, as all sports really. You get so locked in, and if you somewhere along the line, you're going to fall short. You're not going to win the whole thing. Right. Somebody's going to win the whole thing, and then you're happy. But then you got to do it again next year, or else you're sad. So, you know, they'll break your heart. But they were in it every year, and I just got real used to that. Uh, to where anything less than that became, you know, kind of a, a disappointment. But I've learned to just enjoy the process. Yeah. I'd like to see a team win more than they lose. And, you know, now I'm a Rangers be fan. Be in contention. <laughs> yeah, just be in it in uh, the end of the season, in the last month of the year. Uh, make it fun to watch. Uh, of course, this year's kind of sad because there's not a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot to watch right now. Although there is a season, we're grateful for that. Uh, and, and Something. It, yeah, and it could could wind up to be get down to the wire, and they've got a different got it set up differently this year. Sorry, that's over there. I thought it was appropriate. That's over there dinging around. <laughs> he clicked the button that took us to under pressure. Yeah. Got me under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys were young uh, when the big red machine was in play. But you've certainly read, and many people have read the history of it. You've heard of it. I would encourage anybody to go back and look through some YouTube videos and watch some of the the dynamics of that team. And Um, I've always heard about the 1975 World Series against the Red Sox. Yeah. It it went to seven games. And what, the sixth? uh, Game six, there was something. What, Carlton Fisk hit the winning, and I guess the Red Sox were, fans were really excited. Big highlight in in, in Boston. I kind of remember when the, Reds were in the World Series, but I don't remember the detail. I was a little kid. 1975. Then, but, you know. You're right. It went, games, went seven games. I remember Johnny Bench and sure. Pete Rose, of course. Yeah. Just because they were on TV all the time. Well, now, on that sixth game you mentioned, it was at Fenway Park, and Carlton Fisk hit a, a, a towering shot down the left field line and is famous for showing him like waving the ball fair, just kind of sidestepping down the line. Waving the ball oh, fair for I've the winning that. home yeah. run. A big big moment for the Red Sox. Tied up the series at three games apiece. And that's like known as the big moment of the series. What they forget is that the Reds came back and won the seventh game. Yeah. And won it in seven games. Uh, it was a 
It was a huge series. Uh, Pete Rose was known to have said somewhere during that series because it was just back and forth. It was just down to the nitty-gritty and being on first base, uh, getting a base hit, and whoever was on first base, he said, man, isn't this great? You know, it's like <laughs> we're playing in the World Series. Isn't this awesome? You know, just kind of enjoying the moment. Having fun. Yeah. yeah. And then I can mention in 76, they they swept the Yankees, and they weren't expected to do that. Uh, the mighty Yankees uh, took uh, four straight from the Reds that year. And that's when they were at the peak of their game. Johnny Bench, and Joe Morgan, Pete Rose, and Tony Perez. Yogi Berra, Mickey Mantle. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Yogi Berra may have been managing the Yankees. Uh, Roger Staubach. Babe uh, Ruth, yeah. Remember yeah. that guy? <laughs> and that's what we got for Rocks and Dirt tonight. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to go to the tuxedocats.com and check out our, uh, our schedule and all the, the gigs that are coming up. Check out the T-shirts. we got them for men and women. For Steve and Todd and all of us in the Tuxedo Cats, I'm Mike. Thanks for listening tonight. And good night, Lois. I'm coming home. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye.